Primo production, she put on for a shot. In this big city, I want them to mention me. <laughs> Talk your shit, Bree. So, you guys, we are back. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the Bree Moore Productions podcast. Today, we are here with Brian and Jasmine. I'm going to allow them to formally introduce themselves so you guys can uh, get an idea of what we're about to talk about. So, what's up, you guys? Jasmine. Hey, what's going on? I'm Jasmine Handsome, guys. Uh, I am the owner of Maximum Financial Services as well as August Gray Real Estate. So, I'm a board certified credit consultant and started my business because. I'm a realtor, right? And so in the real estate industry, I was meeting maybe out of 20 people, 18 or 19 of them that wanted to buy a home, but couldn't. And it was a struggle for me to even get them to the finish line because their credit was poor and they didn't know what to do. I tried referring my clients out to quite a few people and it was a disaster to say the least. So I studied and got myself board certified and took off. So my business is about four years old now, and I'm just here to serve and educate the community. That's great. Well, <laughs> uh, my name is Brian Blackmore. I'm the owner of BK Credit Consultants, BK Mortgage Consulting, BK All Things BK. I'm the owner of all those. Um, I'm really well versed um, in investing, saving, uh, money management. Um, just getting out here, I'm an advisor that actually assists me with all those things, but I always take those tips. And I bring them back to Facebook and bring them back to the community because a lot of times we don't know. So I'm here to educate as well and just pass on the things that I learned along the way. I actually like your approach on Facebook. At times it can be, it reminds me of my approach. At times it can be offensive and people are like, damn, like, I think recently you said something like, uh, if you can't afford some something about somebody buying some red bottoms or something, and they and they had a poor credit score. You said something that not. And I know a lot of people like look at your post and be like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. I'm offended. But at the same time, it's educating those that that need to know. So I asked my Facebook group um about finances and credit and if they have any questions about credit and um i got a lot of questions so let's talk about student loans because a lot of us have student loans and we don't pay them back or they end up building up so do you guys have any advice regarding student loans like how should people handle them so I'll take that first. So for student loans, I always say, pay what you owe. They're not going to go away. And if you can't afford to make a payment, then I suggest my clients get on an income-based repayment plan. But they're going to continue to accumulate. So if you're trying to fix your credit to get out of debt, your debt is just growing every time you ignore those student loans. Yeah. And so, you know, it goes into the whole home buying process. When you're trying to buy a home, your student loans factor into your debt to income ratio. So if you can lessen that debt, the, the, the less the debt you have, the better. Also with student loans, keep in mind, you know, each semester you went to school, it's a student loan. And so if you miss one payment, even though when we pay in, we may be paying $400 a month. 
that's broken up by the company over all those student loans. But if you miss one late one payment, those are multiple late payments, not just one reflecting on your credit report. So paying your student loans or at least making sure you have a good grip of when they're due is definitely helpful. And I'm kind of <clears throat> around the same lines of them, but I always say die paying them. I'm one of those people that don't believe in, I'm not paying off my student loans. I'm not taking my hard-earned money and paying them off. I just feel like we have so many other things we can allocate funds to. Student loans just ain't one of them. And I know it, affect, it affects you in the home buying process. It's 1% of them. So, yes, they will accumulate them, but I keep them in deferment. I believe in uh, people keep them in deferment because people owe 100, 120, 130. At a later date, owe 160. I mean, where are you even getting to start to pay on 160? I mean, you don't. I mean, you just kind of figure out a way to keep them in deferment, keep them up to date, and keep them current. And just try to keep them on, just try to keep them that way. That's how I see it. Okay. So, when it comes to that, let's talk about this. Do you. Do you open up new lines of credit to build your credit or do you pay off the old credit? Absolutely. Pay, uh, don't. I don't believe in paying off old debt. It's already on there. So there's really no point in trying to pay off a debt that's five, six years old. What's the point? You're better off taking that money, getting you some secured accounts, because the way the bureaus look at it, the bureaus look at it as, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares what you did five, six years ago. The bureaus don't. Banks may. Banks may look at that. You, you, you defaulted on a loan in 2014. Bureaus don't even, that's not even calculated in your score. It don't even matter. So I, I'm on the on the side of get much credit as you can positive-wise. And the older stuff, I'm not paying that off. And I have to say, I agree. So when looking at your debt, um, you have to keep in mind the old debt, if it's longer than two years old, I don't even look at it. So when I'm cleaning up a credit report, I'm looking at the newer debt first. The older uh-huh. debt may not even be reporting. And so once you start paying and selling those accounts, you could pay the account off and it still be negative. You have to make sure to get it removed. So, you know, people can go and pay old bills and stuff that they owe thinking it's going to bring their credit up and it won't. So old debt... I don't really pay attention wait, to wait. if it's older than two wait, years. Wait, wait, wait. So even if you pay off the debt that you owe, it's it's still going to be looked at as a negative. Correct, because it's just simply a paid collection. I mean, unless you are negotiating, hey, I'll pay you this $200, but upon me paying, I want something in writing saying you will remove it from my credit as if I never had it. In writing, writing. that's the in key. In writing. But most people don't. Most people just say, hey, they get a collection. Hey, we're going to give you 75% off the debt. Okay, yeah, I, I owed you a 1000 now. Hey, I'm, you willing to accept 150 I'll give you 150 What they're going to do is notate your credit, pay, settle for less than the full balance. That's and it negative. still shows as a derogatory mark. What? Yes. So people aren't aware of that. I meet a lot of people all the time. They're like, I paid it. They told me yes. But did you get it in writing that they were going to remove it from your credit? So we talking about. So once once you get it in writing, it's in their system that it's been removed. They have to actually physically go in and to remove it. Once they report it, they'll report it as a deletion. So it will no longer show up on your credit report. So you need a deletion. Yeah, Correct. You need a deletion. Deletion is the only way I'm paying anything. And really, I'm I'm completely against paying them. But if you just absolutely have to, 
I'm getting something right. And if you can't give me nothing right, I ain't doing it. Right. It's already on my credit. So what else can y'all do to me? You have it on my credit. If you're not going to submit me a document in writing that says, upon payment, we will delete this from your report, I ain't paying. So you keep saying you're not paying you're not paying the debt. So what do you do? You wait that seven years out? I ain't got to wait. It can stay. I mean, because at some point, it's no, it's no longer a factor in your scores anyway. It's just on your credit. So I kind of I kind of agree. And then I got a little bit of dissent because I had a client today that went to apply for a home loan. Credit scores are in the mid 600. So she could qualify and she could even qualify for a 100 percent loan. But the problem was she had old collections and they were over eight thousand dollars in old collections. So we couldn't get her qualified. She has to go through the credit repair process in order to verify those items to either get them deleted or settled so that she can move forward because the lender was looking at those derogatory items as a, oh no. So it just depends. Sometimes you can have collections on your credit and they impact your score. It just depends on how much positive credit you have. Okay. So how many, how, um, how much positive credit should you have on your credit? I always say five to seven items reporting monthly. How do you get that? (laughs) And this is uh, and this is my, I love talking about this because rebuilding is really, I feel like it's my specialty because what we do is we go secure route first, regardless of the fact. You have to go secure. And when you can start getting secured accounts, your credit score starts to go up. Because I've seen, I've had clients go from a $200 secure card to $20,000 credit limit. It happens all the time. And because you, like I said, the bureaus are, what have you done for me lately? Yes, you did bad five years ago. But if I'm doing great now, the bureaus are going to lean toward who I am now, who not who I was. Yeah. But you have to make sure that it's balanced. Balance. So even if we get all of the negative items removed off of your credit, if you have no positive credit, you're still going to have poor credit. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. So it, we work in conjunction. The it, I, While I'm getting the negative removed, you're building positive. And I'm giving you the route on how to build positive. You know, and so many times, client come. My scores only went up seventy points. Yeah, I'm like, listen. Only. I'm like, listen. For real. Have you gotten any positive credit? And I'm looking at the report. I'm like, no. But right. I told you this five months ago. You needed positive credit. And so, I don't care. Like you said, I don't care how many items you get removed. I don't care how many negative items you get removed. You're not replacing those with positive. Your credit score is still full, mm-hmm. regardless. Because long because it's not getting negative removed doesn't automatically shoot your scores through the roof. Because that three-year-old medical bill don't really have, it's not weighing on your credit. It's just now we've gotten it removed. Gotcha. But you're not going to see no increase. I mean, it, it doesn't work that way. Credit is built off positivity. You have to be have positive credit in order to increase your scores. I don't care. And it has to be, revol- revolving is the key. Revolving. Well, you have to have a mixture. Mixture, but revolving will always right. supersede installment. I give I give the example of the tortoise and the hare. So the tortoise is going to be your installment loans. Those are when you take out a large loan and you make monthly installment payments to bring that down, like your student loans, your car note, um, your mortgage, things like that. If you get a self-lender account, that's installment. Right. But a credit card is going to be revolving. So you have to have that mixture of credit in order to get 10% of your FICO. But the installment moves very slow. That's the hair. Now, you can shoot your scores up quickly or they can drop very quickly with a credit card. It just depends on how you utilize it. It could be your best friend. Agreed. Okay, so what what are the positive ways to 
um, build your credit besides the secured um, cards that you're talking about? Is that the only option? Absolutely. That's the only option? Yes, because your, your credit is poor. No, nobody's going to actually give you a card with a credit limit. It's rare. Unless you go through some type of like a subprime, like a first premiere or something right. where the rate is, not only the rate bad, the company is bad and they charge you all these excess fees. Like a ninety a $90 per year service fee just yeah. to have the card. Exactly. So yeah, if your scores, I say are less than 600, then you're probably going to have to get a secure card first. Once you've established yourself and proven yourself as credit worthy, then you can start applying for traditional credit cards where you don't have to put money up. Right. So, what's the worst credit limit you have seen? Credit score. Credit score you've seen, but have flipped into something that's worthy of six hundred. I, I actually posted mine. Uh, I had a client uh, two months ago. She was a three three forty three forty three. It was something in the three forties, and we're in, we're six days in, and she's up to five forty. Okay. So she's going up, and I'm, and she has another update here in the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping to get her somewhere five eighty, close to that six hundred range. She will be in the seven hundreds. I can't say when, but <laughs> we're moving up very, very quickly. And the, what most people don't understand is when your credit is already poor, you can only go up. It's easier. It's easier to get your credit scores up when you're that low, because when your credit score is around the five fifty, five sixties. You have you have you may have some positive credit, but when you're in the three hundreds, you can't go nowhere. But up. <laughs> I mean, and it and it moves it moves a lot faster. And a lot of times, people say, "Well, my credit score didn't move that fast." You were in the three forties, mm -hmm. so there, we're getting a lot of things removed, and we're adding positive credit. So she didn't have any positive credit. So any little hint of positive credit, bureaus like it. Let's let's move it up. She's doing better, and that is why your scores go up a lot faster when you're already at the bottom. So I'm sure Brian can can contest to this. I've seen clients that had a dash or a zero score. So basically, mm -hmm. they had absolutely no credit. So Ooh. for that client, you're just teaching them to build. They don't have negative. They just don't have any. Right. Um, I've also had a client that started with me in the very low fours and actually dropped to a 300 flat across the board. Now, she dropped while she was in my program because of her student loans. I was saying, okay, you need to either get them deferred or own an income-based repayment. That particular issue, she was um, disabled. So she was trying to get them forgiven because of her disability. She was able to do that, but not before they reported late on her credit. Ah. And so it was extremely detrimental because it was multiple late payments hitting at one time. Ooh. So we got her. We got her. Up from, I think in about two months from that 300 flat to like the 520s. And so, you know, she's definitely making progress. It just takes a effort. You know, credit repair isn't an overnight process. And a lot of people think, oh, well, in 30 days, my credit should be clean. And I'm like, okay, but did you do all that in 30 days? No. So yeah, we I'm have to be saying. realistic yeah. with the expectations and knowing that this is work. And you have to be willing to work with your credit advisor. You can't just expect them to magically wave a wand and get you better credit. You have to be coachable. It's, and at the end of the day, I think that credit is, is truly is, it's about discipline. It ain't never, it's not about money. It's not about how much money you make. There's doctors with bad credit. It's just, it doesn't matter. It's a lot of times it's about being diligent. And I've seen people have good credit and let their credit score get very, very poor. $15 credit card payment, minimum payment. And they miss it. I'm like, 
You and they have it. You had it. And, and, and you <laughs> won't pay the $15. Priority just, some people just don't pay on time. And I don't care. They can have $10,000 in their account. They won't pay the $25 on time. They won't. Priorities. That is crazy. Okay, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. We got to give a shout out to our sponsors. Okay, you guys, we are back with Brian and Jasmine and we are talking about credit. So uh, let's talk about the next generation. How can we stop the break the chains and stop stop the the bad cycle that we got going on regarding the the bad credit in our community it starts with the parents mm-hmm. i think that it's very very disheartening and i watch people that are 35 40 45 years old don't have a clue how do you teach your kids and i think that it's a want to i don't believe in the oh well we didn't learn that growing up so that's my excuse as to why i don't have to teach my kids well that's not really true because Google will tell you everything you need to know. And people research what they want to research. Right. So it's a want to. And I think that we, as as black people, I think we use it as a crutch. We we have so many things we want to use as a crutch as to why we can't progress. And I think instead of throwing that to the side, yes, your mama didn't know. Yes, your great granny didn't know. Okay, fine. There's no excuse why you don't know. Exactly. Because it's, everything is to the public now. Everything is, is, you can find it on the web. I don't care what it is. You can put a tub together. You can you put the sheet right <laughs> That's you can house. You can anything you want to. There's a do-it-yourself on everything. So I don't like the whole fact of, oh, I didn't learn that. Well, let's learn it. Yeah. And let's get together and let's figure it out. Because if whatever you don't, whatever you want to know, you can truly learn it via the internet. Or you can ask somebody. Yeah. I'm, I People ask me so all the time. I'll tell them. They owe you anything? You owe me nothing. Because this is, I think this is my responsibility to, to, my, to the community to be able to spread my knowledge and spread the things that I've learned along the way. It's all about lifting as you climb in your community. So it's not just about, let me see how much money I can make from the community. Let me see how many clients I can get. It's about teaching and educating. So you have to be coachable and and you have to be willing. Like he said, you you can DIY anything. I have a DIY for, for credit. You know what I mean? So there are resources out there. You just have to be willing to take the initiative to learn about it. And then once you learn about it, it's important that you teach your kids at a young age. So, you know, schools have to do a better job at teaching students because I wasn't credit ready. When I got to college, I got my first $2,000 credit card and would argue you down that the $1,900 I spent didn't max that card out. But my utilization was way too high. Of course, I didn't know that at the time because who would have told me? So it's our job to educate them even before they go to college. You know, when you turn 16, 17, I'm teaching you the game so that by the time you're 18, you're either an authorized user on my card or you have your own credit card. Now, I don't suggest that that parents who are not savvy or don't know about credit, don't put your kids on your credit card as an authorized user. That basically means that they're piggybacking off of your credit, right? Right. But your late payment becomes their late payment. So if you're not paying your bills on time, don't do that to your children. But if you're financially responsible, you're paying on time, you know, your utilization is low, less than 30%. Add your, your kids on there. Give them a head start. Absolutely. So let's talk about credit cards. How should credit cards be used? 10%. 10% mandatory. Okay, um, let's use, let's let's talk numbers. So let's say your credit limit is... $1,000. Okay, let's go with that. $100. Your bill, when they report, it should not exceed $100. Mm. We have to keep it under 10 And I know everybody's out here hollering 30 
Thirty is absolutely required. Thirty percent required. Required, but ten percent is ideal. You get. The it's more point. realistic. Not realistic. Well, no, no, it's it, you get the more bang. You get more bang with the bureaus at under ten. Okay. Thirty percent, you you know, yeah, it's fair, but ten percent they're clapping. That's an aha. Yes. Why is it like that? Because look, because take take a look. Why would you give somebody a thousand dollars credit limit, but I only want them to spend ten percent of it? The goal isn't to live off of your credit. The goal is to be able to utilize it for what you need and pay it back. So it's basically a game. You're establishing yourself as lendable or credit worthy, but you're not utilizing all the credit that's extended to you because when you start maxing it out, you're not going to be approved for a new car. So if all of your cards are at the limit, you're not going to get approved based on the simple fact lenders are looking at that saying, okay, they must be going through a financial difficulty, a financial hardship or getting ready to go through a financial hardship. So if you get a lot of inquiries, you're doing a lot of loan applications, You'll start getting denied just because of those applications because they think, oh, she finna max out all her credit cards here, 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 and here, and we're not going to get our money. Bureaus work with the lenders. They're friends. So if I'm maxing out my credit cards, my scores will decrease dramatically. That is a that is a stoplight for the lenders. Hey, pay attention because do not give them any more money. <laughs> They're going through something because credit card was never designed for you. And I, t- and I joke about this all the time. People get offended, and they do. Credit card was never designed for you to be at Chick-fil-A, swiping your card at the gas station for $3 water, exactly. and, and you buying M&Ms and all that. It was never for that. Credit cards were built for emergency. A strategic tool. To build and to have money if something comes up emergency-wise. You you shouldn't be using your credit card for peanuts at, at, at Chevron. You shouldn't. And I can't tell you how to use it, but I'm just telling you how why they were created. It was never created for that. Should you pay your bills with credit cards? For points. Yes, I love cash reward cards. For points. That's the only kind of Absolutely card I'm getting. Absolutely for points. You use it for points, but you got to be disciplined. If you're not disciplined enough to pay the bill off when it comes, then don't do it. If you're disciplined, one of those people that are disciplined to say, you know what, I'm gonna pay all of my bills. I want the points. I can travel for free. I can do all that. But when the bill comes, I'm prepared to pay it in full. Most people ain't prepared to pay it in full. They do their they do their credit cards like they do their light bill. Pay half of it <laughs> or some of it and let the other roll over to the next month. And that's so dangerous. Very I tell dangerous. my clients all the time, I would rather you pay what's reporting on your credit. I'd rather you pay your credit cards, your um your mortgage, your car note before you pay your light bill, before you pay your cable bill. Why? Because these are bills that are reporting to the credit bureaus. Yeah. The other bills, you know, I don't want you to be in a position where you have to pick and choose or rob Peter to pay Paul. But I think we've all been in a situation where I can't pay everything right now. So if you have to choose, definitely pay what's reporting on your credit first. Because the light bill, they'll give you an extension. Your cable bill, they'll give you an extension. But your credit card company, they're going to report that late, period. Correct. And I got an 840. And I ain't never paid my phone bill on time. I ain't paying it on time. I don't pay my phone bill on time. It's just so easy to, like, navigate that. And just be like, okay. Because I see T-Mobile ain't reporting nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'm just... I'm I'm only worried about the things that's going to detriment. And those things, like I was telling y'all during the break, um, reading the Latte Factory Factor, I don't know, this book, I need to figure out what the name of it. But dude in the book was saying, just put everything, like your big um, responsibilities on automatic. 
Yes. So you can go ahead and just not even include that money in your budget. It's already gone, just automatic everything. And I wasn't taught that. Something that simple, I wasn't even taught that. Okay, so it's the latte factor. So yeah, I wasn't even taught that. Everybody needs to go read this book. It's a really good book. Go read it. But I was like, okay, set everything on automatic so I don't have to worry about that card note chunk. It's already gone. Exactly. I'm not even going to see it. And that's the problem. I think a lot of us spend the money before we even get it. And Kanye so, said that. <laughs> and he's right. And he's right. Yeah. He's right. And I'm going to lead into this because I believe in I believe in investing. I don't believe in all the other nonsense, right? So I'm the exact opposite of what most people think. People call me weird because I'm investing first. I'm investing first. So what I got left, my disposable income is after I invested what I'm going to invest. I'm investing first. You pay yourself invest, first. Then you save. Right. And then I don't you do, Yes, a lot of times people take what they're going to use. They do go to the mall, buy Max and Jordans and do all that. Then they invest the small $5 they got left. <laughs> I'm investing first. And whatever I got left over, whether, that, whether I got 50 or $100, that's all I got. Yeah, I ain't got the Max, but I've invested my money. Exactly. I'm a I'm a firm believer in that. And again, I I may offend some people because, but I'm realistic as to what I'm saying because I've I've been there and I know. Okay, so let's be specific about investing. I mean, you take your money and you put that in. I'm I'm with Charles Schwab, so my uh, advisor Kyle, he we talk, we come up with a plan, and this is what we're doing. And we invest that. We take I take a large portion of my income and I invest it. I don't keep I keep two to three months worth of bills in my account. And I'll tell you why. I had I had did well. I've done well for, for the last decade. So I've had a I had a large savings account and, and checking account. And I thought I was doing a good job. I'm like, oh, this is great. I can log in, I can see it, I'm doing good. I think them jokers gave me $13 and they had all my money. And they gave me interest of $13. And you're talking about that's just sitting in your savings account. Yes, they gave me $13. And that's what prompted me to, oh, I got to do something different because you took my money. You took my money and invested it and made thousands. I let you borrow it. <laughs> and you gave me $13 after you made thousands. Yeah. It's crazy. And people don't, and I, when I get on Facebook and I say that, Get your money out of Wells Fargo and Bank of America. Leave enough to live on. Invest the rest. Put that in an interest-bearing account. Go to get you a, a money market. Get you something that's going to pay you way more interest than what they're going to pay you. $13. I think I was. I remember myself being like, damn, that's all you're going to give me? Mm -hmm. After you had my money all month and you invested it in the many thousands and you gave me $13. That's the game. It's, it, that's and people we just we just don't know. I think I think that's the thing though, it's the lack of knowledge. People right. just don't know that even though your money, like your Wells Fargo account say you got a thousand dollars in it and you might get a dollar back at the end of the mm -hmm. month, it's like they don't know that that means that that thousand dollars is being used elsewhere when it comes to Wells Fargo and stuff right. like it's that. It's a loan. Right. It's a loan. Right. That people don't know that you are putting money in the bank to give to the bank to be able to operate right right they don't know that so when they get that dollar back it's kind of like hey i just got a dollar like right. yay and mm -hmm. you were saying no there's other accounts out there where you can actually get more money back than just 
a dollar a month because you got a thousand dollars. And see, I'm a I'm a prime. Um, I guess one of my biggest avenues for investing. I do the I save in money market as well, but I believe in investing in real estate. Because everybody has to have a place to live, right? Mm-hmm. So why not build your credit to where you can go and get a home loan? Okay, now I have a place to live. Now I'm going to establish my credit or keep my credit established so that I can go and get a secondary home to rent out. Eventually, you'll have so many rental properties that it's paying your mortgage. Exactly. It's, it's paying, paying your you. car note. It, it's paying your lifestyle. So, right. you know, Agreed. even, you know, Cardi B and uh, Offset, they've invested in over six rental properties. So everybody has to have a place to live. We're spending our money on perishable stuff, stuff that won't pay our bills, stuff that we won't be able to use after a couple of wears when we need to be investing it so that when we look up, we're 60 and 70. We have a retirement plan. And I think that's the biggest issue. Our community doesn't talk about retirement plans. Our community doesn't talk about, hey, this is how you strategically uh, align yourself or establish yourself so that when you're 40, 50, 60, you're not having to work for anybody else. You're not having to go back to Walmart and start greeting at the door. Yeah. You know, not knocking it, but there are options. We have to be living like the other half. Yeah. I think I think the the issue is that people rely on one income. That's a good thing though. If you're in a two income household, relying on just one spouse's income and saving or investing the rest, I think that's a good thing. I think you have to spend everything you earn. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that like when Brian said that I, I have investments, I think you should invest in elsewhere. Be like, diverse. Be be yes. diverse. Like I don't think you should just like just solely depend on one income. Like if you are working at a Walmart, I think you should also, if you got the energy in spare time, go get another hustle or go invest in something else or someone else that have like a stable business where you can get that, that smart money. You know how much stuff I do? Do you know how much stuff I do? I run multiple businesses and it's necessary. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not going to to set you up for wealth. It's Mm -hmm. not. Because what happens when the market crashes again? What happens when your business is slow and that's the only thing that you do? Then how are you going to feed your family? You strategically plan. And me and my advisor, Kyle, we had this conversation all the time. I'm big in the stock market. The stock market is booming right now. And I've been... You probably been seeing, I post about the stock market every single day. And for the first time ever, today it happened. The, the, the market is booming so much. The feds are going to cut the race again. Everything is booming around. And the people are like, you're weird. Like, like, no, I'm keeping up with world events. The market is booming right now. And it has been since December. Since December 26th or so. It's been booming for the last seven months. And people are making boatloads of money in the market right now. But people, we invest in depreciating assets all the time. Now, all the time. I, I speak on that. Shoes, rims, clothes, cars. Your car. We invest in that. So I don't believe people when they say, I don't have no money to invest. You've gotten every release for the last six months. You get every release that comes out, $170, $180. That's, you could save that and invest that and made more Two, money. $250, $300. It's, on very, ne- it's very necessary. But the market is going to crash. That's why we're set up. I'm set up to take full advantage when it does, because it will. The market is not going to stay good forever. The market is going to crash again. And we want to make sure that we're in a position to take advantage. People get rich in downtimes. 
People don't get rich. Absolutely. When it, people don't get rich when times are going well. That's the best time to buy a house. <laughs> people get rich when everything is in shambles. Look at the recession. It's kind of like I'm sorry to cut right. you off, but it's kind of like when Payless went out of business. It was that's that was the time to go to Payless and get your mannequins and your shoes and stuff like that because they trying to get rid of everything. There you go. I like Payless. There you go. People, yeah. People, I people, get, people get rich doing downtimes. I mean, it's just the way it is. That's how the rich got rich. They got rich while everybody else was doing bad. But it's they were prepared. But it's also important to read and to align yourself with educated people because you know there are so many different fads out here. Um, you know there are people that were investing in, in not just Bitcoin, but there were a lot of different <laughs> fads, even like the wake up now and stuff like that. You know, people will invest in what's hot, what's popular. Even if it doesn't make financial sense, and then they're skeptical of other things mm-hmm. that can make them money. Right. So, you know, I think it takes us being mentally ready and willing to change and say, okay, I'm going to study, I'm gonna find some resources, and I'm gonna change my life. I'm not gonna depend on somebody else showing me a stack of cash like they just deposited this in my account. Quit lying. Yeah. <laughs> Quit lying. Ain't nobody deposited that in your account just because. And, that, and that's that's important, and that's important, and I and I make and I put that on Facebook as well. There's a monthly meeting. I go to Charles Wild for a monthly meeting. We we drink wine and eat cheese, and it'd be me and it'd be six other white guys. They seventy plus years old. They're retired lawyers, dentists, doctors, whomever, businessmen, and I sit there and we talk. It's only me. I'm the only person there that's that's black. These older white guys. And I take that information and I bring it back to the masses. I bring it back to, I have a large following on social media. And people, that don't make sense. You weird. Like what? No, I'm telling you what the rich people are telling. How the other half is living. They living. And they ain't doing what we doing. So, yes. Oh, you're being critical. No, I'm not being critical. I'm trying to tell you a different way. I'm trying to show you a different way of living and a different way of doing things. Because when we're accustomed to doing certain things, we stay with it. We're doing the same thing like our mama did and her mama did. And then it worked. Exactly. Uh, I don't understand that at all. And I I look at that about the the stuff that we consume. Like, me and my grandfather just had an argument about meat. And I'm like, bruh, (laughs) don't don't come at me about not eating meat. But anyways, (laughs) I want to talk about, somebody asked me to ask you guys, what if you're not financially stable to invest in Preparing your credit. Like, are there free ways to repair your credit? Okay, so elaborate on that as far as repairing. So are we talking about how to invest little when you have little or how to repair your credit? Because, I mean, that's something that you could do yourself. You just need to be careful and read. Exactly. So you don't wind up getting yourself sued for debt that you actually legally owe. Well, I think she was asking... To the point where she's she's pretty much saying she's not financially able right now to uh, repair her credit or pay someone to repair her credit at the time or even pay off what she owe. So what are free ways for her to raise her credit limit? Oh, absolutely. Well, I believe in you can do everything yourself as long mm-hmm. as you're educated. You can get out. It's just very time consuming. And I and people will start it off. Oh, I'm on, and they get hyped up. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it myself. I'm like, okay. And not six days later, they come back. Man, I, I can't do it. I had it's somebody. Too much time. It's 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 not as simple as people try to make it. They they see us post these great results. People got seven hundred credit score. People buying cars and houses and boats and trailers. That's fine. 
it's not that simple. It's very time consuming. It requires a lot of time. You have mm-hmm. to be very diligent. You, there is a timeline. You have to do the same thing over. It's very, very tedious. But know what you're looking at. Yeah. I had a client that came to me. She's a client now. Came to me two years ago or a year and a half ago um, inquiring about my services. She came highly recommended. We had the consultation. I, I spent maybe an hour coaching her. We went over her credit report line by line. Like I broke everything down to her. And then she went ghost. I didn't hear from her. She was going to try to do it herself. Mm-hmm. So a year and a half later, you've come back and your score is 100 points less than what it was when we talked. Because right. I'm looking at it side by side like, OK, I remember talking to you. What, what was the what was the difference? So, yeah, you can do it yourself. Just be careful that you don't put yourself in a worse position. But tell her if, if she has credit cards, pay her credit cards on time. Keep the utilization low. If she doesn't have cards, she needs to get cards. Make sure she's not making any new late payments. You know, make sure she's paying her bills on time. Those are really easy ways mm-hmm. to see an increase in the score. Absolutely. What about entrepreneurs? Is it easy for entrepreneurs to get lines of credit? So business loans are totally a totally different beast. And no, it's no, not. It's not. <laughs> you have to jump through a lot of hoops. And, and I say for business owners, the courtship and getting business credit it's is three to credit. six. No, 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 you don't have to secure it with your personal credit. A lot of times people do, but you can get credit solely on the strength of your business is going to take a lot longer, though. So if you personally guarantee your business credit, you can get it a lot sooner. But your credit has to be together, right? Um, if you don't have good personal credit though, then it's going to take about three to six months of starting off with small, uh, net 30 trade lines in order to build that business credit. But that's a totally different beast. And I, and I'll speak on that. I went, I believe in the inside out approach. I don't believe in, I believe in using your personal credit in order to get business credit because there's, there is, like you said, net 30 accounts where you can go and get the small accounts with it all takes the snacks so and you can get envelopes and stamps and cleaning supplies. And I don't need any of that. Mm-hmm. I need money. <laughs> I need real money. I don't want no cleaning supplies. So what I did was I, my credit was already strong. I went in there. I was a personal guarantor on my first credit card. After that, American Express has funded every single business I've ever had. They funded it and I paid them back a small percentage. But I get it off the ground because there's so many people with great ideas with no money and no capital. Right. But then what happens is if you personally guarantee it and your business goes belly up or your business is not strong, you can't pay that business loan back. Not only are you ruining your business credit, you're also ruining your personal credit. I've seen that happen to someone that started a truck driving business. So it just depends on. How hard you willing to go to make sure that business don't go belly up you if go. you're going to personal guarantee uh, it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, and, it's, and it's risk both ways. I just believe in me and to the point where I listen. I don't have the time. I didn't have the time to sit back and do the... Piddle with the smile. I don't yeah. want that. <laughs> I want to go in and get the 50 or 100, whatever I need right then. I don't believe in playing around with the $20 right. cleaning supplies. I don't have the time. Some people, somebody else might. And, but I believe, truly believe wholeheartedly in the inside out approach. You get your personal credit together, use it as a guarantor. That's what credit is utilized for. Use it to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, and once you pay that business loan back and you do all those things, at that point, you no longer need your personal credit. So it you just know. depends on where the entrepreneur where is. Okay. So do you guys think it's worth paying someone to fix your credit? Do you pay your doctor? <laughs> Somebody pay the doctor. 
I, I absolutely believe it. Our I mean, hairstylist. Yeah, <laughs> that part. <laughs> you can do everything yourself. And, I, and we speak on that. Like you say, the hairstylist, you don't do your own nails. You don't cut your own grass. You don't mow your own. You don't do any of those things. It's the same. You're paying for expertise and time. And convenience. Yeah. And convenience. You can go to work, go out, travel, go to Bahamas, do whatever you want to do, and the process is still going. Right. Is you just paying for you just paying like you say for convenience? It's, it's that's number one. I think that's absolutely necessary. If you don't have the time to research and figure it out and do it the right way, mm-hmm. don't just do it just somewhere somebody said. Oh, they told me just do it. No, just do the research for yourself and just do, and go at it the right way. And, and what I've seen is you know I'm because I'm in a lot of different groups and I just, I'm a people watcher, so I sit back and watch. And people are oh well. I just found this letter on Google. I'm going to send you this letter. Mm-hmm. Okay, you and about 100,000 well, plus other people are using that same, same letter. letter. There's no magic letter to fix your credit. No. You have to be factual. And so if you're trying to use a magic letter to fix your credit, you're going to wind up getting a magic subpoena to, or you know, a citation or something. Somebody is going to request that you come to court to show proof uh, of why you're saying, oh, this account isn't mine. It's identity theft or whatever. Because yeah. a lot of times people are taking these letters and not even reading them, just sending them out. Yeah, I seen that on uh, Facebook. It was a post going around and people was like, send in this letter and let them know that this account is not yours and it would just wipe out your your debt. Yeah, okay. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> uh-uh. no, not, not at all. They lying. Okay. Anyway, every, time you, every time you get in a group and they hit you with that, all you got to do, don't do it. They <laughs> you, you can't. It ain't that simple. All you got to do is do this. All you got to do is get a secure card. If it was that easy. Everybody have perfect credit. You telling me I got a 400 and all I got to do is get a secure card. That's all I got to do. And just keep it under. I'm like, y'all don't have a clue. But that's what people do. They just spread bad information. I'm just looking at it laughing. They tell me and I'm laughing. I'm like, but then when you, you step in to correct them, he just wants your money, girl. Like, he don't know. I'm but like, what's your credit score? And that's what I say. A lot of, I had a consultation yesterday, and the lady said, Oh, well, my ex husband told me that, you know, credit repair is a scam, and he paid this chick, and she didn't do blah, blah, blah. But, man, you caught me, right? Yeah. So you obviously trusted the strength that I knew what I was talking about. Not only that, once we finished her consultation, she said, Wow, you taught me so much stuff that I never knew. I'm going to call him and tell him he was wrong. But I stopped her immediately when she started going off about his experience. Yeah. What's his credit score? Mm-hmm. And I went live on Instagram about this the other day. We have to stop letting people plant seeds of doubt and poison in our minds telling us this is wrong. Why is it wrong that you want to better yourself and get ahead? Somebody knows it. Go to the person that knows it, not the person that say, oh, well, you don't have to. What's your credit score? And show and people that actually show results. Exactly. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you guys have any um final advice for our people? Well, I always believe in be diligent, um, be smart about what you're doing, and, and be disciplined. I mean, if there's a goal in mind, take advantage of it and do what you gotta do in order to get there. I think that again, we waste a lot of money, we waste a lot of time. We just invest Black people invest in looking the part. We we look the part better than any other any other race, any other nationality. We look the part. Right. I think that we should take stop buying the the, the Jordans. And I'm not saying you can't, but what I'm also saying if you if you're able to do that, then you're able to invest and save and prepare yourself for the future because things are things are happening around us that we don't even know. Have no clue. We have no clue what's going on. It's coming. 
we're not, and 99% of the people are not prepared for it. And all of a sudden, it's too late. You, you're dead in the water. You got to prepare. Learn to prepare. It's okay. It's okay to miss out on that. Mm -hmm. It's okay not to go out Friday. It's okay not to buy the bottle. It's okay. It's okay. You got to set yourself up long term because things are about to get real, real ugly out here. If you don't see it, you, people got to look at the news, world news, not what's happening in Dallas. That, that's just a small piece of world news because this telling the story about what's about to go down it's, and it's about to be massive. We just got to prepare ourselves for future, set ourselves up that way we're not caught off guard and we're out here starving. We're looking bad because it's coming. So I definitely would say try. You know, we can write down our goal. A lot of people don't even write down their goals. So I would say let's start with writing down the goal, right? Let's start with setting a goal, writing it down so that we can look at that vision and then working toward it. So we can talk about it all day long. Like Ryan said, we can look the part, but then what? Because it doesn't matter if you have a thousand dollar bag, but you don't have a thousand dollars in it or you mm -hmm. can't get a thousand dollar credit limit. And credit is definitely an important component in moving your life forward. So make a plan, find resources out there that are willing to help you, whether it's a knowledgeable credit consultant, a, a Facebook group, a book written by somebody who has strong credentials. Try, though, you know. There are resources out there. All you have to do is actually explore them. Take some time. You're not going to be able to go out to the club every weekend with your homegirls, homeboys. You ain't going to be that chick or that dude for a couple months. And that's okay as long as you're putting yourself in a position to win. Because you'll be, be the first person in your circle to have purchased a home or paid off a car and everybody else is struggling. They look nice, but they're struggling. Yeah. And I'd rather be the person that has it together, that's paying my bills on time, that if I need to go and get a credit, a line of credit, I can. Oh, if I need to have surgery and my insurance won't cover it, I can use my care credit or whatever kind of credit. You know, there are a lot of people that don't have those resources available to them because they're not putting themselves in a position to do so. So pay your bills on time. Go out and establish credit if you don't have any and stop being afraid of it because it definitely will be to your benefit. And stay out of speedy, speedy cash, security finance. Stay out finance, of speedy cash. And stay out of those <laughs> short-term loan places. Stay out of that. That's, it's detrimental to your health and also to your finances. And they only put them in the uh, low. Okay, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate that. Um, Y'all really like dropped a lot of good advice. Like seriously. And you broke it down too. So do you guys have any favorite books or like any mentors that you guys look up on YouTube that people can like follow up on or read. Mm, uh, I, how did you guys learn about credit? Experience? School? No. Reading. I, my credit was extremely poor. I just kind of got in and started learning about it and just kind of going to the credit and they helping me out until I really just kind of figured it out. And I just started just paying on time and doing the right things. And just trying to build it. And I woke up when at you know at the company. It took years. It was it wasn't overnight, but now I have perfect credit and I, I can sleep well because if anything goes wrong in the bank in the world, I can I can go to mm -hmm. Bangkok, China, Asia. I can go anywhere in the world and get along. And I can and that's what I, I'm always pushing that to to social media, pushing that to my black people because it's important and it'll keep us out of speedy cash and entitled loans. It'll keep you out of all that nonsense. 
because it's bad for you. You'll never get ahead. You'll never get ahead. Stay out of security finance. Stay out of work. That's finance. funny that you said that, that they only put that in low-income communities. Oh, yeah. You don't see that in Highland Park? I don't see that in Highland Park. Now that you say that, I'm like, I don't see that. No, they don't. They're predatory loans. Oh, yeah. They're bad. They're bad loans. I mean, you never get out of people going there to borrow $500. If your credit was, get your credit together, the way go you to can the bank. go to the bank or you can use your credit card. I mean, it's it's... It's really, really simple once we really just put your mind to it. It's, but it's a, it is a mindset, and it's a lifestyle. But it takes, like he said, when I had that that two thousand dollar credit card and yeah. took it up to nineteen hundred dollars, my credit score jumped almost two hundred points in two months by me just paying that down, like paying it off. Mm. So I was like, what? You know, so it takes definitely practice. You can't listen to somebody that hasn't been through it and didn't know. If you somebody that, you know, had a silver spoon in their mouth and their parents put them on a secure card and they at 18 had an 800 credit score, 850. What can you teach me? You got to get in the trenches and learn it yourself. Um, Dave Ramsey gives a lot of money principles and stuff like that. I don't oh, follow. Right, right. I was just about to say, I don't follow his. Um... <laughs> yeah, he, he, believe, he believes in the debt free. There's listen, no such thing. There's no such thing as being debt free. And I had a client. Oh, I'm going to save my money. I don't need credit because I'm going to save my money. Yeah. My money. I like to see you save up $300,000 with $200 a money disposable income. How do you do that? I pick and choose some of his principles, yeah. though, because there are some that will teach you how to save. And for a lot of people I meet, they can't save. They don't yeah. know how. Right. And so, OK, take this one principle. Now, don't take everything else. There right. are some people that follow him like religiously. So are I they mean, crashing? The people that follow him, they're still struggling. You don't make, they're not teaching you don't the make foundation. enough money to do what he's trying to get you to do. Snowballing your debt. You don't now. have enough money to do that. That's why I'm always... <laughs> You can't like you the way the way he preaches to you. You have to have money, yeah. and if you're struggling, you live in paycheck to paycheck. You can't snowball nothing. You don't have the money to do so. So what he suggests to is that you get multiple streams of income. Yeah. One girl I know, she works um, in like human resources or something. She also drives for Uber Eats and she drives for Amazon. Like she working a lot. You got two, three small kids, a whole husband, halfway. Hell, like no. Same. You're running Dang. yourself to the ground Dang. and you're only paying fifty to a hundred dollars on these credit cards. You're not even paying the credit card off per month. You're just paying something on it. That's why you, you gotta believe you gotta truly believe in entrepreneurship. You gotta believe in building your own. You gotta believe in getting it. That's the problem in our community. I We're not producers, it. we're consumers. That's what I always ask. Preach. Why we always buying something? We ain't sold nothing. <laughs> we always buying. We always purchasing. We but you know what? They'll rather go to somebody that got on something too little, something that's cute, somebody that's popping and trendy, and they'll buy whatever it is that they're selling versus the person over here selling. Because that person is selling a lifestyle that they want. Exactly. You're not going to get it. And it's not and it's not going to come to you like that. And it's, and it's hard. Changing the mindset of black people is, is a is a full-time Yes. <laughs> it's a job. Yes. People are so accustomed to being broke. And they, you give them any opportunity, they are really, really skeptical. Yes. They're skeptical about everything yes. that's going to put some money in their pocket. Except for the yes. stacks of money. Y'all see this? Yeah. Yeah. Fast money. <laughs> Unnecessary fast money. So I, I, I watched an uh, Instagram video yesterday and it, it reached out to me because as an entrepreneur, my biggest downfall was a fucking car note. I hate my car note. So, but don't don't volunteer repo is uh-huh. is the same thing as a regular repo. Like, don't uh-huh. send it back. Yes, don't send it back. 
Anyway, <laughs> people do it. This dude was talking about how he just let go of having a car, period. He was like, I don't want a car no more. I I I Uber and Lyft everywhere. And if I don't Uber and Lyft, I actually get on public tra- transportation. So I challenged myself. I was like, Bree, my apartment is literally on the bus line. I take a bus and a train to work, which I work for myself full time. And I take a train and bus home. I'm dodging traffic. I got on my headphones. I can read more. I'm not the one that's driving, trying to focus on the road. You know, Dallas traffic have picked up a lot. Yes. We have no more room. We have no (laughs) more room. Stay where you at. So I'm like, it'll take me like almost an hour to get from downtown to Royal Lane. That should take a a 30-minute, 15-30-minute drive. It just depends on what type of entrepreneur, what exactly it is that you're doing. I mean, if you have, if you're stationary, you have a storefront or something and you're on a transportation line, then yeah. But Ubering everywhere, lifting everywhere, that's expensive. That's that is expensive. That is a car note. It's exactly. like having a car note. But, and you have a set amount you know you're going to pay every month and it's building your credit. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of people look at a car note as a liability. It is. Yeah. So he was talking about the dude in his video was talking about the his car note being a liability and he just switched over and now he have more freedom to do what he do. He's pretty much just saying what works best for him. And that's a smart idea, but I would What's say that that four hundred dollars that you're not paying in the car note anymore, you should be investing in. You don't just spend it. Uh, he's a millionaire. That's what I was and people was asking him, Why are you at where you at? You know, and he was just giving him he was just giving them things that he had done. He right. consolidate his expenses. Mm-hmm. So now he's like uh, doing the public transportation. In- Who just got that cable cut off is me. Because I, I don't I have, have a TV. three. And see, I don't watch TV. My mom moved in with me. So it's more so for her. But we have like, I pay the, the cable, then the four boxes. It's like $250 a month for mm-hmm. cable internet. All that's cut off. I need the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go to my office and use the internet, but if I'm at home, I still want to be able to work. So I keep the internet, got me a Roku. That's what we got. Done. This is what we did. I got rid of the TV six years ago because I wanted to create the, I want to create my content and actually be in control of the content that I can consume. Right. So I don't watch Love and Hip Hop. I don't watch reality TV. I just don't. My entertainment is my entertainment, what I choose. So now we don't have a TV. We have a projector, a projector screen. Mm-hmm. And it has a Roku, and we just watch Netflix and Hulu, and we just have internet, and that's sixty dollars. That's that it. Boy. <laughs> and the projector screen was literally one hundred fifty dollars. That's it. You get it from Walmart. Yeah. Cheaper now. Yeah. yeah. Got, I'm all for that. You gotta make a sacrifice in order to get where you need to go. I don't think nothing. Is but come is it really a sacrifice? It's not really a sacrifice because you learned that you really don't need it. I don't watch TV like that. Either. Exactly. It just depends on, I guess, how you were raised because we were raised like our generation with all of these conveniences that our parents didn't have. So that's what we've been fed. So it takes reconditioning yourself to say, I don't need it. But a lot of us feed into the I need this and more. We we haven't learned to be content. It's always what can I have? What can I get? What can what can you do for me? My son is the same way. Baby, you. You are very blessed. Ain't nothing he can ask for that he won't get. He get. I, I got out his school clothes and stuff today just because it was on sale. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, there's nothing that you can ask for that you wouldn't get. But you have to work hard for it, too. And I think that 
the millennial generation, we're so spoiled in that everything has been pretty much been made easy and convenient. We want it's a, we're a microwavable society. We want everything done right now, right? How can I get it? How hot? No, you gotta work hard. You gotta put in some sweat that your grandfather did working, you know, a job or two. Hard work. We we too pretty for that. The mm -hmm. dudes too with their skinny jeans, like. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> definitely different. Yeah, you definitely have to work hard. Well, thank you guys so much for um, coming out. Um, do you want to tell everybody how to reach out to you guys just in case they want to repair their credit? Yes. So you can follow me on um, Instagram at Realty by Jasmine. I just have one account. Keep it straight, simple, real estate and credit. You can find all that information on there or on Facebook at um, Handsome Home Solutions and Credit Restoration. And for me, uh, Instagram and Facebook uh, at BK Credit Consultants. And I have also have a BK Credit Consultants group as well that I put bits of information in, tips, uh, aha, all those types of things in there the way that you can follow along and you can just kind of gain knowledge along the way without having to like reach out to me. I, I put it in there and you, people pick up on it and use it at their leisure. Yeah, mm -hmm. drop those jams. Yes, so you guys, please work on your credit. Don't, uh, what y'all say, don't go into the um, payday loans, stores. Stay out of there and invest in yourself. Get a self-lender account. I love self-lender. So I just got my $1,000 uh, check in the mail like last week. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's an easy way to save because you're not even thinking about it. And it's building your credit as an installment loan. Y'all reach out to these people so y'all can get rich because they know what they talking about. Yes, ma'am. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Bremore Productions podcast. Peace.